This podcast and its parent website are supported by its listeners and readers. If you enjoy what you hear and read at Write or Die, please consider supporting our continued creation at patreon.com slash write or die. Welcome to the Write or Die podcast, featuring your hosts, Andrew Michael Spence Boyd, Chris Willis, and Nathan Mackey. Enjoy the show. To the Ride or Die podcast. Hello. Welcome back into the the friendly confines. <laughs> yeah, keep going. Fold. Keep going. I can't go any further. That's that's copyright infringement. Thanks, Bonnie Bear. In in no. Bonnie Bear. <laughs> bony Bear. Bony Bear. Bony Bear. That's a real Bony Bear. Uh, I'm excited today. This has been topic. a long time coming. It has. Yeah, we've been teasing. This is the moment that everyone has been waiting for, yes. and I do mean everyone. Yeah, we've been teasing it. We haven't been straight up teasing this teasing teasing this episode with a lot of seasoning. Yeah. Uh, but we've been talking a lot about Dunkirk. Yes. Can I say it? Yeah, yeah, you can say it. You can definitely say it. We've been talking a lot about Dunkirk on this show every once in a while. Yes. And just because we're, we're not talking about the 1958 uh, Dunkirk. No, no. The Leslie Norman picture. Yeah, no, no. The, the 2007. By the same name? Christopher Nolan. Is it about Dunkirk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, it was wow. the first film that was made about it. Oh. Yeah. The, I have not seen it. <laughs> For the record. Yeah. Um, but yes, today is the day. We're going to talk about the hotly anticipated... Uh, new Christopher Nolan film what? Dunkirk, what? Um, and I like saying it with that inflection too, with that more more English inf- inflection. Dunkirk, 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 <laughs> Dunkirk. Yeah, um, and so we're really really excited again. Like we've been just mentioning, we've been ramping up to this for a long time. I think we've been talking about it even since some of our like sort of promo episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that were before. Yeah, like, I think it was one of your top of the yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> so. Really looking forward to getting into that and digging into it. Yeah, we'll find Real out deep. if uh, dodging the trailers for you guys was. Yes, was we will. It. Yes, we will. But uh, why don't you tell us what we're drinking tonight, yeah. Nate? Uh, brought to you by Dodging Trailers. Uh, this <laughs> this uh, this episode this episode Dodging Trailers IPA. Uh, the beer of the show. <laughs> I threw myself off. Uh, the beer of the show this week is. The Dadgum IPA from Rar and Sons Brewing Company out of Fort Worth, Texas. The heard metro- of it. The Metroplex. You're gonna hear me roar. Rar. I wanted to wait for that because Rar. Rar. Rar and Sons. They got it. Rar and Sons. Uh, this is a 6.6% IPA. Uh, it's charged with citra and lemon Ooh. drop hops. Lemon Ooh. drop hops, I didn't realize was the thing, but you can really taste oh, the lemon. Lemon grab hops? Lemon grab lemon hops, uh, fresh oh, cut pine. Lemon drop hops. Oh. <laughs> Lively bitterness, intense fruit flavors, and aromas. 
gentlemen, uh, how do we feel about that? Well, cheers. I've liked it. We've been drinking a half of it. Oh, really? I haven't drank it yet. Oh, I've tasted it yet. I've been drinking it for... I've been drinking it... (laughs) Since three. Since three, Mm. yeah. Uh, I've had half of a can of it, and I'm I'm really enjoying it. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is really good. It's been... It'll really get you in the glands. Yeah, it's been... Oh, you know the IPAs. It's been uh, our first IPA. It's been. It's been our first (laughs) IPA... Uh, in a while. That's there. also, no, I stole that from Comedy Bang Bang. Oh, so damn it. If I, Earwolf Studios ever hears me. I was not anticipating that. That was out of the field. But anyways, I love the delicious. name. Dadgum IPA. Yeah. I love that. Rar and Sons, uh, they give the impression that they are German, which I feel like is appropriate. Uh, with the Prost. 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 Prost, y'all. Wait, is that German or Czech? Oh, oh I don't know. It could be either. It could be any of those three. It could be in that said. whole region, sort of Eastern, Western European. Yeah. Oh, the East side of Western. Which Europe. is in, which is relevant to the topic of today's show. Topic at hand. Yeah. Yes, it is. It quite is. Also, my kind of moment, uh, which I'll jump into. Oh, yeah, that is relevant. Really yeah, let's get relevant. through the top of the moments. I'm uh, sure they're all great. There was a reason. Uh, if you're a patron and you heard the pre-show, you heard Chris shit all over my top of the moment. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like. You're making it sound like way harsher than it is. Yeah, go shoot, and then these, and then all these people can see the, this thing, and I'm just gonna, gonna make their own choices. I'm just gonna leave it a blinds here, real quick, so people know we're doing a podcast. And yeah, they don't, they don't knock on the door. Well, if they don't know you're doing a podcast, what's the point? It's like if you're writing a screenplay, you better be doing it at a coffee shop. <laughs> but uh, with AMSB's permission, I'll jump into my top of the moment. Uh, coming to you, you from, are so permitted. Thank you. Coming to you from Germany, uh, okay. the chairless chair. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but that's what everyone's calling it, so that's what we'll call it. Uh, the chairless chair. This is a chair that it, it's not a chair, but it's a <laughs> series of <laughs> straps and. I can't even get through this now because of you, Chris. Why? I didn't do <laughs> because anything. I'm just like, so yeah, sure, this is ridiculous. It's described Chairless as chair. they described it as, you know, like a light ex- exoskeleton that you wear, which is appropriate. It, it looks like do, an exoskeleton. Yeah, so it's so to, to describe it a little bit more. Is this we'll like a, a super soldier thing. We'll have the link mm. in the show notes, but uh, to um, uh, uh, the video tech. What is it? Oh, tech Tech uh, Insider. Tech yeah. Insider. Uh, 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 video. I'll edit all that up because that was <laughs> fucking shit. But a Tech Insider video, a uh, YouTube video. But anyway, so it's this, it's a series of uh, bars and like straps that go. If you guys are so distracted, I'm sorry. I'm watching the video. Right it, now. It's a series of bars and straps that go. So the bars go behind your legs, mm-hmm. um, and what they do is they allow you to stand and sit at any time. So it's like this weird. Uh, exoskeleton, exoskeleton is absolutely appropriate to say. Yeah. Uh, and it straps around your shoulders, and it looks super lightweight. It can hold 230 pounds, I think, per leg. Oh, okay. I should specify. Um, and so, you, yeah, you just go from standing to sitting uh, with no problem. So is the application, is the perspective application for this more like a sort of factory floor, like... Well, the, a lot of the examples that they have... That's what it seems like. Yeah, but... Be like people who are, like, working on giant pieces of machinery. They were inspired, yeah. I guess, by, now. like, going to, like, I think, like, a retail shop or something like that, or, like, an yeah. event or something where everybody was standing. Well, it has, uh... I mean, it's not just, like... So, it has stool level, and then it goes all the way down to chair level. Yeah. Oh. And you can see them, like, when... The, I guess when it's on stool level, they, like, barely... Yeah. Barely tip back. Yeah, but it's just a matter of 
holding a button on the thing and sitting and letting go of the button and you're sat. Uh, this is crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. I but thought it, it was pretty cool. I mean, I wouldn't have one of these. Yeah, I, I just think it's for its practical purpose, it probably works really well. It seems like a good thing to have in a music festival. But this, <laughs> I just think, I just think you're opening yourself off up to a lot of ridicule if you're walking around. If you're one of the early adopters <laughs> and you're walking around the city with this thing, or yeah. you go to like ACL and yeah, you yeah. like pop a squat, ACL might be more alright, but like say Sound on Sound Fest, where yeah, yeah. everything's a little bit more alternative. <laughs> You're gonna. Also, I would kick your legs out from under you. Yeah, if if you're hanging out with people that will kick your legs out from under you, um, maybe you when, got you, when, you, when you're strapped to an exoskeleton, then those are not your friends, <laughs> and you need to reevaluate your life. I never said it to my friends. It's probably just gonna be some person. Do, is it's, I, is I this like a it, prototype or is it in production? It's in production. Oh. Yeah, it's ready to rock and roll. Does it have a price point? Uh, you know, that's I'm gonna not going to be pretty similar. I'm not going to get one. Yeah, that's a good Pretty similar question. to Google Glass, probably. Because well, no, I was going to say it's similar to <laughs> Nate's previous uh, okay, sleep, yeah, sleep you machine. Come bring in, like, really expensive Yeah, stuff. it's, like, super new, but it's, like, $1,400. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, I didn't realize, like, No, 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 it's not a negative This is all affordable thing. stuff. No, it's not a negative thing. I just noticed uh, the pattern. That's it. Just yeah. don't don't go to, uh, last thing I'll say about it, don't go to the website because it's a mess. Um, AMSB, you saw it before. <laughs> it, it's German engineering. It really is a mess. Um, yeah. They need somebody to re rehaul. I did see it, and I can indeed... Confirmed that yeah, it, was it didn't look great. Yeah, didn't um, look great. But, but it's yeah. not because they're German, as Nate said. <laughs> it's because of the UI. It's because of the UI and the layout. The United mm-hmm. Inventors. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't yeah, get they, their patents. They had their hands all over this thing, and this <laughs> website. You smell is it. Shitted. Conspiracy. <laughs> the, I I mean, I'd be curious to know how much this thing costs. Again. Like, if I were working on a factory floor, if I was working with my hands a lot on, like... There's one shot in the video, it looks like the guy's working on, like, a warp nacelle from, yeah. like, Star Trek or something. But if I were doing that, this would if be... If you like had a, a futuristic job? No. <laughs> yeah. If if I were in the 24th century working on warp nacelles, yeah. I would I just want us know. to be able to sit down on a dime. I just don't know how this is going to work with my office chair. Like, how am I going to sit in it in my it's office chair? It's not for you. in it. You stand in your office chair and then you sit on your, on your standing <laughs> device. It's perfect. But yeah, uh, yeah. There's there's pictures on the website. If you do uh, venture to the website, there are pictures of like said, MSB people working on you know heavy machinery mm-hmm. at all varying. Uh, my favorite is this lady who's awkwardly uh, clunked down on her yeah what is like she working on her car doing? oh is she working on the car i thought she was just appreciating it <laughs> at a real like <laughs> yeah, real, real real level. Level. she took it to a car show yeah she just wants to look into the grill <laughs> i really like it's this car let's you, see what's in the grill it's for when you need to fish out that dragonfly that's yeah yeah going down the road um <laughs> the german road <laughs> yeah, the i'm autobahn. excited the for listeners i'm excited for you to take a peep at this and then you can reach back out with your feedback on it and let us know yeah. if it's something you would want to have or if you'd like to kick their legs out from under them as well <laughs> yeah if you side with me let me know if you side with chris let him know and if you're sort of More indifferent the middle, just yeah. let, don't give a let shit me know. let amos be know <laughs> So I expect to hear from all of you. Because <laughs> you have to take excuse. one side. Not we, we've got you covered us. here. Yeah. This is an official poll. Mm. Well, I mean, it's a cool idea. 
Thank you. <laughs> Not to be. If it was invisible, I That's think it would be a, a point cool on. idea too. If it was invisible, See, it, yeah. it wouldn't be unheard of to throw that under your clothes if you wear baggy I, clothes. I feel like that would be real pinchy. I feel like you get a lot of pinches. Yeah, on that. Oh, yeah. I, I wouldn't. Oh no, yeah, it. you don't want open skin next year. <laughs> oh man, you're asking for it. You're asking for some trouble. A lot of moving parts. There's a lot All of right. pistons in there. All right, pistons. <laughs> All right, let's let's quickly uh, move along here, please. Please. Cool, because I'm sweating. Like it says. <laughs> cool. Chris, I, uh, I'll jump into my top of the moment. Mine uh, is a YouTuber that I recently found. He's been making YouTuber. videos, I, I think, on the on the platform for like a year, okay. year and a half, maybe. Right. Okay. He's got about forty thousand or videos. so subscribers. Oh, that's videos. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of shit from. Busy boy. Uh, about forty k <laughs> subscribers. Um, but his name is. Ashwin Ramdas, Ramadas, I think, or Ramdas, Ramdas, uh, and he is this guy uh, that makes some YouTube videos that are kind of towing the line between instructional and just all-out uh, mockery. Yeah, uh, more so heavily leaning in towards the mockery yeah. aspect of it. Um, real good videos. He's got two main. He's got two main themes for them or two main uh, series yeah. Shows, yeah and his first one i think that he started out with was oh what is it called it's ashwin's hip eats or like yeah yeah hip co- yeah ashwin's hip eats i think that's it yeah uh it's where he just kind of makes a cooking show that that is kind of trendy or tries to be trendy but it's just absolutely not it's the complete opposite it's the total <laughs> hip foods hip foods ashwin's hip foods uh, everything he does in there is just the opposite of what you would want to do. He creates these terrible concoctions. Um, and more of it is just about the jokes that he's making. And he's a pretty fun, fun guy. I watched uh, all of his videos probably in, in the span of like a day. Um, but they're really engrossing. The, I think the crown jewel of his is his other series is Oshawan Enjoys Nature, where he goes out... Frequently, probably about, he has 14 episodes, probably around like eight of them, he's actually at like a park or he's like out in nature. And then the other six are him just giving you tips on like <laughs> camping and stuff. Yeah, camping and like how to grow an apple tree. Uh, and he just does some really fun, fun things there. My favorite is in the video that I shared with AMSB before the show and that I will share in the show notes uh, after this episode is up is a video in which he goes to um, Pictured Rocks in mm-hmm. Michigan, the Lakeshore the, the Lake National Park or National mm-hmm. Lakeshore. But the whole video, uh, the opening, the cold opening, if you will, is him spinning a globe with his fin- letting his finger decide which one he would go to. And he lands on a couple of uh, places that obviously he can't go to, North Korea, uh, Syria... He doesn't want to go to Flint, Michigan, because it's too soon. Uh, but then he lands on Utah, and so he goes to Utah. There's footage of him at a national park in Utah. I can't remember what it is. Canyon something. Uh, Canyons. Canyon Canyons. Canyon Lanes National Park. Yeah, Canyon Canyon Lane National Park. Uh, and he he goes there, and he's like standing uh, out front of the sign, and then he just kind of like turns around and he goes, "Wait, isn't July?" Uh, pictured rocks month and so then it like cuts to the theme and then he is automatically in michigan at at pictured rocks Uh, and so it was just a fun little whole setup that he had done Uh, and obviously there's probably a 
a Utah National Park episode coming soon, but uh, it's just a really fun uh, YouTube show to watch. He did. He's one of the he's one of the creators that did a crossover episodes with binging with Bobish, and so he has him. Uh, he has Bobish come on where he they go into uh, Central Park in New York and and uh, forage. forage for foods. Yeah. Uh, and so that's pretty fun to uh, to watch Andrew Ray on there. Uh, I'm not, you know, talking about binging with Bobish, where does the Bobish come from? I don't know. It's not his name. And he's no, it's Andrew very, Rea. Yeah, he's very forthright with his name. Yeah. I don't know, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's probably got to be a reference to something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, I highly recommend him. We're going to share one of his videos in the show notes, so check it out. <laughs> and then uh, you can, from there, if you enjoy it, you can check out some of his other videos by just going to his page and subscribing. I'm, I'm not a YouTube subscriber very much. Oh, okay. I should be. I know. Yeah. I... St- yeah. I, I'm the same way. I, I, there's a ton of channels that I like, but I don't subscribe. I just don't like the notifications. And YouTube is smart enough to be like, "Hey, you watch all these people." Oh yeah, right. just, just, a surf, just a surface. Yeah, yeah I know. Throw YouTube. it up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I highly recommend the feature. And I don't know if it's a feature on the actual page. It might just be like a PlayStation feature because I haven't seen it in other places. And you may be able to correct oh. me if I'm wrong. But the liked videos, the ones where the if you're on somebody's page, you can see videos that they've liked yeah i think it depends on how that that channel or that profile is set up they can okay. have their likes be public or not but because that's but how i found desktop, it's have to, it's kind of hard you have to kind of have to dig for it but you're i've seen it surface on the playstation one a couple of times yeah yeah it's cool i like that feature a lot because i that's how when i was watching uh nerd rider mm. uh, i watched a bunch of cool videos that he had after i had like kind of run aground on some of his shows right our videos i found some more by looking through his liked videos and they were pretty cool. And 40,000 uh, subscribers is not... It's not a small amount. It's not, well, it's small, not, it's not, not a lot. huge either. Yeah, but I thought that he would yeah, be... He's popular Andrew Reyes to... Binging with Babish has like a million, I think. Yeah. So, um, and that's real cool of him to have someone who has less... Because uh, First We Feast, mm-hmm. which is Sean, Ev- like Sean Evans' Hot Ones is on there. One of your previous tops. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He, they have a million as well. Mm-hmm. And so... They did a crossover, and it kind of makes sense. Uh, the Needle Drop, if you could, could you just search up? And I know I could do it either, but if you go to The Needle Drop, Anthony um, Fantano, or whatever his name is, uh, he did a crossover with like, First Week Feast. So they usually like do people at the same level, but Ashlyn has significantly less than like Babish does. Yeah. Uh, and so it was real cool to see them do a kind of a crossover ep- episode. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm looking before. forward to binging oh, on YouTube. I'll, I'll look oh, I'm YouTube. looking forward to binging all of these uh, episodes of his yeah. channel. Like, binging these episodes. Yeah. Uh, so, I I don't know if you're done, Chris, but AMSB, you've got a lot of heat on you right now because my we're going for theme here. My uh, the company that made my top of the moment is German. <laughs> okay. Uh, Chris's guy Uh-oh. sounds like uh, Auschwitz. So now you've got a... Well, I don't know. Like, we can't say that. Can <laughs> now you've got a, a lot is riding on your shoulders to make oh this boy. German. Oh, boy. Needle Drop, in the Ventano, his uh, YouTube does have plus a million uh, oh. followers. Oh, so wow. he's a he's a pretty... Right on. And yeah, Benji with Babish is doing this for like... Like, this is his, what he does now for a living. Oh, yeah. He can do yeah, it yeah. For, for... Not for free, but like, that's all I'm not going to admit. He can live on it. He can, he can live, live on it. it. Um... Well, I'm I'm sorry to report that I don't think that, that uh, my top of the moment is going to qualify in the in the. I don't want mine to qualify based on those. <laughs> mine does have a tangential uh, Canadian relationship, though. I think. 
Um, but my top of the moment to round us out real quick before we get into our main discussion is uh, a while back I subscribed to a subreddit called uh, Low Poly. Um, and it's basically just people posting uh, their like uh, computer rendered low poly, meaning low polygon models, mm -hmm. like 3D models. Mm -hmm. um, I've always kind of liked that art style. Um, there's been a number of like games and other things that have surfaced in the last like five years or so that have kind of used low poly as their main art style. Um, and so I was looking through it, I kind of, you know, I was just subscribed to it for a while and I, something was surfaced on that subreddit and it was a site called lowpolycrafts.com. Um, and they basically, they make these, you, and you can do this sort of thing yourself. You don't need someone to create one of these kits for you, but they basically make these like real life 3d, uh, low poly models out this. of like cardboard and paper and stuff. And they're like all pre-cut and everything and then it's like it's kind of like a you know model airplane kit mm -hmm. and you buy it and you put it together and you get this little when you're done you get like a real life low poly figure um and some of them are really really cool and really like fairly sizable the one that caught my eye in particular was um the fox kit which mm -hmm. is the low poly fox um and it's really really cool um and i kind of went down a rabbit hole after i saw that and I ended up at a site called speciesinpieces.com. Um, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes. It's speciesinpieces.com. And it's basically these low-poly renders of endangered species from across the planet. And you can kind of scroll through them, and they do these beautiful animations between the two, uh, between each animal where they sort of morph into the next one with this low-poly cascade. Um and you can just kind of scroll through it, and they have a whole bunch of more information, and I think mm. that there's links to, like, donate to some conservation funds and stuff like that. Um, but it's just, it's, I love the aesthetic of it. I, I, I can't even really put my finger on it. I guess it's just because it's so, like, reductive and minimal. Um, and I kind of attracted to that minimalist art style anyway. But I just, I love everything, everything this, uh, these low-poly related things are about I love yeah it. the pieces are the species and pieces uh-huh is that what that's species, what it's called species right? and pieces yeah species and pieces oh that's tough uh <laughs> it's pretty interesting i'm like i'm just learning i was playing around with it and i'm just learning i did not know the red panda was um endangered, endangered. Yeah. yeah there's only fifteen thousand or less than fifteen thousand of them now yeah or in 2005 or so that's crazy. Yeah, there's yeah. A, this is a lot of really interesting information. They got videos here, statistics that you can click on. There's, yeah. There's a button that says, what's the threat to the specific right. animals that oh, you can sure. click on and learn. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to explore and learn about these guys. Yeah. And then you can also, there's a button to just, I think, look at them. And like, a, oh, no, you can look at the whole image. Just taking it apart. So, like, outside of the... Where? How'd you do that? So, there's a button... Um, on the bottom right? On the bottom right, it looks like the... Um, like a share button, kind of? Uh, it looks like the Instagram logo, kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you click on that, it'll, like... Oh, yeah, I the... forgot about this. And you can, yeah, you can download wallpapers of yeah. the, um, the low-poly renders of each of the animals. Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I love this. It was just some, kind of something that I stumbled upon um, in the last week or so. It's just really cool, and it's kind of a cool little time suck, and... Yeah. Um, it's 
it's educational and it's pretty. It's great all around. It's great all around. My rainbow really, parrot fishes. <laughs> I really like this uh, low poly crafts. Yeah, they um, have like cacti and like. Yeah, dude. Everything. I really like if I ever get an office like. Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna do this. Yeah, I, I want one in my office. That would be so cool. Yeah, uh, they've got everything from uh, jack or pumpkin kit, like a jack o' lantern, to uh, the thinker, the oh, classic yeah. statue, the thinker, to uh, cacti, like you said. Oh, they have the the moose. Giraffe. They have like ta- like taxidermied like wall mounted. Oh, that's yeah, cool. poly, uh, yeah, low poly like a moose and a unicorn and like tiger, tiger and stuff. Oh, yeah. there's a skull. The skull's dope. Yeah, rhino. <laughs> See how uh, how big the rhino kit is because it'll give you all the dimensions. Uh, height twenty inches, width eight inches. Yeah, and yeah, some of them are bigger, some of them are smaller, but yeah, um, yeah I love like I would. Um, I'm probably gonna. I'm. I may do, like, a number of these as, like, gifts for people that make a really good gift. I don't know, and I've never tried to, like, print one of these out or try to put one together. I don't know how difficult it is. It could be kind of challenging, and I'm not really... If you put an Ikea chair together, you could probably do this. (laughs) If you can dodge a wrench, you could Fair enough, fair enough. I'm not Uh, very crafty, though. There's a unicorn, too. Uh, Yeah, these are great. I like the other one too, but this one is uh, like a tangible thing. Which, yeah, 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 yeah. Attracts my attention. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a low poly jack o' lantern. I kind of want to get that. That's the one I was like, put it up. Oh, what was the pumpkin too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Raven, all yeah. kinds of stuff. But uh, yeah, if you will. <laughs> absolutely. Um, if you are an animal lover, yeah, and your walls need decorating, <laughs> this is uh, this is perfect for sure. All right, well, um, again, like we'll have uh, links to all that stuff in our show notes, and you can always find those at riderdie.net in the Rider Die podcast section. Uh, I think it's riderdie.net slash podcast. It's riderdie.net slash the Rider Die podcast. Oh, okay, there we go. Thank you. We're bad at this. <laughs> all right, well, what we're not going to be bad at is deconstructing and just talking about this movie for the next... 30 minutes or so. It's why I got a degree. Yeah. Here we go. This, this, yeah, this is it. This was Chris the moment. Is, is gonna Not in any degree. particular... No, no, no. Uh, it's, it was a uh, business... Discipline or anything. Business acumen. Yeah. <laughs> you got a, you got, your degree's in event planning, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wedding planning specifically. <laughs> specifically. Um, yeah, I minored in sewage. So... so do well, we want to do our normal thing where we sort of give a general synopsis? Yeah, let's just do. Sure. Let's just do rating scale. That's it. No, no. Deeper oh, okay. Meaning. So and then we're going to start with name. On what scale? Five. No. No. We're going to. Well, you do it yourself. Yeah, you do it yourself. <laughs> uh, see me. Okay. I'm going to do uh, a sunken ships scale, and I'll do six <laughs> ships, and I will give this five sunken ships out of six. Ooh. Five something. Okay. Five something. I'm Is that what this? you said? Sunken. Oh, sunken. Okay, I thought you said five. I was gonna give this six I'm five something. I'm gonna give it like five something. Five, five something shit. Uh, oh, I get it. That's you know yeah, yeah. too soon, but yeah. also <laughs> part of the movie. Yeah. I like it, but also. Is it too soon? Is it my I turn? No, I mean something. No, is it your turn? Is it your turn? It doesn't matter. I mean, who's you go. are we tossing? You for go. It? You go. I'm gonna give this. Uh, a grilled uh, cheese sandwich, but when you butter both sides of the like uh, grilled cheese sandwich, including the inside, to make it extra velvety. <laughs> that's okay. tops. Yeah, that's, that's real. I'm that's real go go For perspective, I gave Saving Private Ryan one side buttered grilled okay. cheese sandwich. Oh wow! Okay. With prosciutto. Okay, that actually. Helped. 
Well, the now prosciutto, I'm confused. Yeah. I was with you until the prosciutto, yeah. Yeah. Well, now I don't they're know like half better. points. The, the prosciutto is like half point. Okay, okay. And so, like, maybe you got both maybe, sides maybe, buttered. Maybe, maybe, maybe we should use numbers. That's up to you. Let's see what your scale is. Let's oh, see what yeah. you brought to the yeah, table. Yeah. How many grilled cheeses do you give this? Um, I'm going to go real, real old school and give it a... Really liked it. <laughs> I like it. Old school. Old school. That's I didn't incredible. realize it was old school. Yeah, that's how Ebert and Roper started. Oh, I thought they did that. That's that just below... Cisco and Ebert. That's how they started it. <laughs> really liked it just for comparison. Or for, you know... <laughs> The scale is um, <laughs> just below loved it. Okay, uh, nice. fair okay. enough. Actually, I mean, it's not just below loved it. It's like sort of on the. It's more. It's closer to loved it than it is closer to. It was good. So it's, okay. it's like the. Uh, it's the. It's the ice cream scoop scale. It. Yeah, yeah. At yeah, Coldstone. Yeah. Like, do you like it or do you love it? Like it is one scoop. Love it is two. Right. So, so you got like one and a half scoops. Is that what you're saying? Like uh, one one point seven. How much caramel? <laughs> I mean, like a teaspoon. All right, that's enough. That's enough caramel. I know that you've got sensitive teeth. Yes, I do. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I I loved it. I really I, my my parody rating aside, I I loved the movie. I thought it was really really well done. Yeah, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that it, it might be. It might be my favorite war film. Yes. Um, of all time. And I forgot, when I was talking about it previously, I forgot about Saving Private Ryan, so it's kind of weird that I just <laughs> randomly pulled that one out of the hat. I was like, oh, shoot, yeah. that one was good, too. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, like I said, I already gave my, my scale. This is the I, most I liked accurate. It. I liked it. Scale. That's true. Yours is. Yours I liked it. the but, most empirical. Yeah, I liked it, but there are some parts that I could do without. We'll sure. Jump I'm sure we'll get to he that. He told me, he, we talked about it slightly yesterday, but he didn't give me any more information than like okay. there's some parts that I didn't like. So we should mention that we we saw it separately due to mm-hmm. some scheduling conflicts and stuff. We had to see it separately. So Aaron and I went and saw it in IMAX. Oh did IMAX. you guys see it in IMAX? We didn't. Okay. Um I would like to see it in a regular theater just for comparisons yeah. sake. Alternative but I still thought it was beautiful in IMAX. Okay. I still yeah. thought it was beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. But uh yeah let's jump into the synopsis. Okay. Um, you want to do that? Yeah, I, I think it would be appropriate. Uh, so the film is split into three parts. Uh, I think it would be appropriate for each of us to take oh, part. Oh, okay. Uh, the mole, the air, and the, the sea. sea. Okay. So who wants what? Well, I'll take the air, if that's all right with everybody. Yeah, you got more to say. I'll then. do the mole. Okay, I'll take the sea. <laughs> is that what you wanted the least? Because I, I do the sea, I'll jump in there. I, I didn't care either way. <laughs> okay. Either way. So, um... Who wants to go first? Me? The mole. You? I'll go oh, first. Oh, yeah, we should do it first. Because yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, so the mole is the most quintessentially Dunkirkian part of it. It's like the actual... If you watched other movies about Dunkirk or like read about Dunkirk, yeah. that would probably be where you spent most of your time. Yeah. It's the first thing itself. you think of. Dunkirk. It's the first thing you think yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. And Dunkirk itself is the name of the beach. It's the beach, yes. Uh, so in Belgium during... Uh, World War Two, as um, the Nazis were trying to invade France through Belgium, and uh, the British and French soldiers were soldiers were fighting back uh, the the Nazi army. They failed basically. 
They were unable to, to suppress the Nazis. They were unable to push them back. And the Nazis ended up surrounding uh, the both forces, pushing them to this beach, um, or to this one like village, basically, uh, next to a beach where all of these soldiers um, basically needed to get evacuated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's just on the shores of a Belgian city, town. I'm not actually exactly sure. Uh, is Dunkirk... Dunkirk's not the town, right? It's just the beach? I don't know. I was just looking at know. this on, on Google Maps. So that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so like Dunkirk is... It's it's by Bruges. It's, it's near Bruges and all that area. Um, but they're pushed there. There's... Hundreds of thousands of British soldiers, just just British shoulder, yeah. soldiers, on this beach waiting for evacuation, um, and so this movie opens up with a sextet of British soldiers just walking through that town, kind of casually, um, and then as they're walking through, they start taking on Nazi fire, and they make a break for the French barricade, get through the barricade. One of them gets through the barricade, and he's kind of like one of the main characters, I guess. He's never even... I don't even think he's ever named in the film, but uh, he makes it through the barricade, uh, and he comes out on the beach, and it's Dunkirk with everybody lined up waiting for this excavation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so his... The, the mole portion of the film refers to the one peer called the mole that the commanders of uh, the British forces there at Dunkirk are standing over overwatching all of the soldiers like waiting in line to get into the boats and talking about actual like evacuation measures and all of this this stuff Uh, and then the main character kid he uh, is kind of just trying to find his way onto a boat somehow, any way possible. Yeah. Uh, it's important to note that at the same time, all these soldiers are on the beach just sitting ducks for German planes to uh, drop artillery on. The Luftwaffe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, si- similarly... So they're um, off in the distance. The German soldiers are also encroaching, kind of just outside the lines, as the French are trying to fight them back but failing. Yeah. Um, and having to continually recede to the beach. Uh, so there's all the German forces still j- there. The bombs just kind of picking them off and bombing the boats and everything. And so that's that's the the mole portion of the film. Yeah. Cool. So. Uh, to get ju- to jump into the uh, uh, the C portion of the film, so uh, seeing the because the reason why they they had to uh, divert to the mole is because I guess all the other ports uh, or piers rather were damaged and the boats couldn't come up to, to shore because mm-hmm. it was too uh, it's too, too shallow. shallow. Yeah, so they had to divert to the mole. So <clears throat> to counter that and to get more uh, backup so to speak, they reached out to, um, or I guess they called them to arms. They had a yeah. specific name. Yeah. So it was the civilian crusade. Yeah, there was a program. Yeah, something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, it was all very orchestrated and, and um, organized and stuff. But, yeah, they had a program where the civilian boats would be would be called to arms. And, and so they called those boats to arms and sent them out to pick those guys up. Because they, they were smaller boats. They could make the... Uh, the pickup from the shore. They could get a little bit closer, especially yeah. with the tides coming, right. coming in and out. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, the the and, and we I guess we should say the uh, the mole portion was a week. Uh, the the sea yeah. was. Uh, a, a day. day and then the air was an hour yeah, yeah and that's something that we can maybe talk yeah, touch we'll on later because like that's a little interesting because the whole what exactly those were because I never felt that what we saw from the mole's perspective was an actual was a week. week yeah the the air certainly felt like yeah. an hour <laughs> the sea could have definitely been a day yeah. but it didn't the time frame of the mole was a little bit more obscure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And harder to tell. You only saw one night. You saw one yeah. night, and other other than, like, the title card saying oh, the mole week. Yeah. one yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, so, the, so the, the civilian ships come, and they come in droves uh, to pick all these guys up and then take them back, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. real obscure. But yeah. Um, right, so the third and final aspect of uh, the of Dunkirk is the air, and which, is, like you said, takes place over an hour. Um, the film itself follows three Spitfire, a flight of three split, Spitfire fighter aircraft um, that are just sent over to kind of provide some cover for all the civilian ships and also uh, to go and provide cover for the troops that are on the beach and then come back. They make a very specific mention that, like, they only have enough fuel for uh, a sortie of so long. It's an hour, And just to make sure that they save enough, yeah, and uh, to get back. Um, And basically, there are, as as you're mentioning, Chris, that, you know, the entire Luftwaffe is basically bearing down on these Allied troops that are at Dunkirk. Um, and so, you know, there's Stuka bomber, dive bombers, there's Junkers and other, like, regular conventional bombers um, that are just sort of constantly harassing the beach. Um, and they're also harassing the destroyers and other warships and even some of the civilian ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also U-boats that are out there, too, um, preying on, on some of the yeah. shipping that's going between. Which we got less of, which I thought was kind of interesting. Just the like, one, yeah. It was yeah. just the, like... One time where they, the it's the one time where Cillian Murphy's character says, "Oh, U-boats." Oh, we got it was not yeah. bombers; it was U-boats. Yeah. And then the one time where the, the U-boat torpedoed tor- tor- yeah, yeah, it, yeah. but like they didn't have any solution to them. So no, like, I that's mean, that's really curious. Yeah, 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 I'd be interested to know a little bit more about that. Um, you know, uh, but just to finish out on the mm-hmm. airport real quick. So three flights of Spitfires, um, or, sorry, a flight of three Spitfires, um, and they, you know, are harassing some bombers that are trying to harass some of the shipping. Uh, they get in some dogfights with some uh, Luftwaffe fighters. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just, it takes place over an hour. It's some of the most... It's some of the more cinematic and, like, really Im- technically impressive parts mm-hmm. of the film, like, from a filmmaking standpoint. I read that... Um, Part of the budget of the film went to buying a vintage uh, German aircraft oh, that wow. they ended up wrecking. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> they did that with multiple. Uh, yeah. A lot of the boats were towed in uh, from like Belgium and mm-hmm. local places, and they're all uh, from that time. Yeah. 
Um, oh, that was crazy. It's also yeah. interesting too, again, from a filmmaking standpoint, where you have probably the the actor with the most notoriety besides maybe Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, and is, even so, like he doesn't Kenneth Branagh doesn't have. Yeah, like, people don't know Kenneth Branagh the yeah. way they know Tom Hardy. Yeah. Um, but Tom Hardy is one of the Spitfire pilots, and he, I mean. His his entire performance in the movie is done from the cockpit of a Spitfire. Yeah, with and a mask on. With a mask on, which is kind of there have been some funny uh, parallels Bane, drawn to yeah. Bane, yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, and, and it's it's done exquisitely. Um, the the like the the technical processes by which his character is like. Uh, marking out fuel oh, times yeah. and using his kneeboard to map things and yeah. he's using his watch to make sure that he's doing everything right and calculating his fuel correctly and stuff. That was all really great writing on the on the steel yeah. and the cockpit that was and really chalk cool. and stuff. Um, just a real super authentic and the Spitfires looked great and I don't know if they were vintage Spitfires yeah. or if they were built anew or whatever it, but anyway. It truly was, I thought, a beautiful film. Yes. Especially for a war film. And I talked about this with a coworker of mine that there's. For perspective, I watched just a couple of days ago, I watched uh, Hacksaw Ridge for the mm. first time. Oh, okay. And then watched Dunkirk a couple of days later. And Hacksaw Ridge is so much. I didn't dislike the film by any means. I mean, mm. I, I enjoyed it for what it was. Yeah. But it's so much uh, the prototypical old school war film yeah yeah whereas Dunkirk is this new art house piece yeah um, that just so happens to be about war but is really I don't know it's really technically beautiful yeah and kind of just like well acted and pristinely shot like the whole thing feels so clean and yes. kind of like it didn't feel like it didn't necessarily feel like a, a war film so much as it was just like a tense yeah, I, mean, I think that the one thing that we've learned about Christopher Nolan over the years mm-hmm. is how deliberate every th- every single minor detail is. Yeah, and this film's gotten a lot of not a lot, but has received some pushback because it feels like the scope of Dunkirk is very very minimalized. Yeah, like, that's fair. The three Spitfires. That's an, one example. Like there were thousands of sorties that were flown over those weeks yeah uh for dunkirk and like and the royal navy like there were way more ships than what we see in the movie but again it's because nolan is very deliberately trying to give you the perspective of just a few pieces like few tiny minute pieces of this grand thing yeah um, which is how it would be if you were one of the people there you only you don't you know there's no, there are no shots of people in war rooms planning no. out and explaining uh, for exposition's sake. You know, there's no briefing of the commanding yeah. general yeah. telling him what the situation is. There's yeah. very little exposition in yeah, the next film at all. I mean, I, and halfway through it, I just kind of like... I mean, I noticed it leading up to there, but I was just kind of like, there's just no exposition. Mm-hmm. I mean, the most you get is when Branna is talking to like one of his... like so, like. The second yeah, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, that's the most you get. Yeah. As an, but there's no explanation. And, it, and this was one criticism that I read was that there's no explanation. There was no like explanation about like why they were even there. There's no, <laughs> yeah. there's nothing about like how the Nazis were able to push them there. Right. And like what had happened. And again, it's, it's so deliberate. I mean, the point of that is that if you were that guy, it doesn't matter. Also, yeah. you probably didn't know. Yeah, and you yeah. didn't know. Yeah. Like, you knew that Hitler was bad and that he was going to invade Britain. 
Mm. Yeah, so, you didn't stop him. That yes. was all you knew in sort of a big picture. And everything else was what you saw with your two eyes. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what I loved about it is that, uh, like you guys said, we're immediately thrown into it with the opening scene. Yeah. Oh, uh, I, I, there weren't any opening credits or anything like that. No. I think they just had, the, yeah, just had the, mm-hmm. the Dunkirk. Uh, and then we're immediately thrown in, Chris, like you said, with the... Were there six of them? Or however many I don't know. Many. There's, there's yeah, however many. Yeah. But they're in this village, and, and you know, paper's raining down, and uh, it, it's kind of... Immediately, it's a beautiful scene. Mm-hmm. Like, it, everything about it, it's not gloom. It was very not, much felt like, kind of like, post Cobb in Inceptions, like, scene at the diner oh, where yeah. it explodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that, sh- that stuff small, is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, post that. You can tell that it's post this main inciting event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's what I love about it. Like, I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, but I've seen mm-hmm. the trailers for Hacksaw Ridge. And I have seen, you know, every other war film. And it's the exact opposite, where it's it sort of has this wash of just, like, gloom and, you know, uh, destruction or whatever. But here we are... Immediately with this bright and and beautiful yeah, sort of screen. almost in, kind of in some moments sterilized. There's yeah. a lot of gray. Yeah. yeah, in it. But and and that's that's why I think like anybody who says there wasn't any expeditions about what's going on, I think that's bullshit right there because that's where immediately if you don't even know like that's where we're met with with an explanation of what's going on. They look at the flyer. Yeah, they see. Well, that's the, not that's different than explanation. Well, but I think I think but, what he's saying is it's non it's nonverbal exposition. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, and that's fair. That's yeah. really that it you sets, get that like there you get that that you get that that's why they're there, but you don't get anything about like the battles and everything that went yeah. on before that that actually pushed them there. I right. mean, there's there is a wealth more of information. Like I'm I'm pretty sure that there's probably a lot of people who were involved in the, in in those battles that did have eyes and stuff like yeah. that. They were good, that were they were aware of why they had been pushed back. Right. I mean, there's a scene in Saving Private Ryan where Tom Hanks' character, Captain Miller, mm-hmm. is talking with another officer about the grand strategy of the Allied invasion of France. He's talking about, we have to, like, we're, we're going to take a deep water port, and then we're going to do this, and then we're going to do this. Like, he's sort of assuming what the plan is, and I think that's mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know. I mean, I, I wasn't there, but that feels so, like, why would that captain, yeah. which is a relatively low officer rank, like why does that captain know anything about yeah. what the, what the, he's talking about? There's, there's, again, so little ex- exposition just between, for the first like 30, 45 minutes of that film, there's the French soldier, soldier that's mm-hmm. hidden with the main dude, and then eventually Harry Styles. Yeah. Uh, and they go about doing all of these things trying to sneak onto these boats in any way possible without a word spoken to each other. Yeah. There's no, like, verbalization that, like, we're going to do this now, and this is why we got to get... We got to get off this beach. Yeah. Like, there's no... It's intimated. It's It's not explained. They know that they have to get off of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, once there's bonds coming down, it's like, okay, anybody in their right mind would want to get off of this beach now. So why do we have to have, like a conversation between these characters saying yeah. that we have to. And it feels right in it there does, that there's yeah. so little exposition because war is one that typically has a lot of exposition but when you break it down you don't really need it. It's one country against another country yeah. one human being against another human yeah, being. Right. It's pretty cut and dry. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Chris, that we don't 
you don't even know if whatever I don't remember what character you're talking about if this character's name was ever mentioned it may have been the the main mole character yeah and, and I felt the same way I only know two of the characters names uh, the little boy on the boat um, George George and and now I've even forgotten uh, Tom Car- uh, Tom Carey Tom Hardy's character's name because that other guy they was kept saying, saying it. it all the time yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I've since forgot it yeah. but like I, I really don't know anybody else yeah, yeah. Name. names weren't super important yeah no. and the, you didn't need experiences that no, yeah. yeah but uh, but what I was saying earlier is that so the it isn't it doesn't stick with this uh, the the typical war movie there really wasn't very much blood no, I, there's I think like there's, hard, there's like none. Right? There was no blood except on, yeah. uh, and we already called spoiler alert, right? Yeah. Uh, except on George's head. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. even then, it's not even you don't even see it on his head. You see it on the, the other little boy's fingers when he yeah. sees it. And also, you keep saying little boy, but they're like seventeen years old, <laughs> which I love. That's like a young. A young yeah, it's guy. like a He's young, a young boy. boy. He's yeah. a young little boy. <laughs> but that's that's from what I can recall that's the only blood that you really yeah, see yeah, yeah. Yeah. literally that's, two fingertips worth of blood yeah. and, and that's all that was needed and to be fair like there's not there's not a whole lot of like gun shot no like there's the the one scene there's where the guys get shot in the beginning and there yeah. was no blood or anything like that they're shot in like the bodies and stuff like that so like it's easy way to get around blood yeah uh, and then in the boat scene or where they're in the uh, the run aground boat mm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the target practice. Everything else is like you're drowning, and like yeah. you're in the air getting the shot air, at, yeah. Yeah. or like there's bombs dropped on you. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just wasn't like typical war violence no. in, in a way. So we talked about how it's not a typical war movie. Uh, when this first started, and uh, and I'll go into my criticisms. I think later on. I think I, we should. I think that that's kind of like one of the things that most wanting to hear the criticism yeah so because i think amos b and i are probably like both really enjoy this movie a lot it's high up there on my like christopher nolan movies list but i'd like to hear your take on like why okay so what uh, were some of the things you didn't like yeah i guess i'll do that now now so when i first when those first couple of opening scenes where everything was framed perfectly and and the pacing was perfect and the color and everything just seemed perfect uh, I, I thought this would propel Christopher Nolan to a masterclass director. Like, mm-hmm. I see uh, Paul Thomas Anderson as masterclass. Uh, I saw a lot uh, during the beginning, and actually throughout the, the film, I saw a lot of The Master, which I think is one of the greatest films, mm-hmm. one of the most perfect films that's ever been made. Uh, so I saw a lot of that, and I thought that this, because Christopher Nolan, I don't know if you guys will agree with me, up until now, and maybe even in my opinion, uh, including now has always been kind of a blockbuster director he's done big blockbuster hits mm. to make a lot of money uh, and i absolutely agree with you chris that this is definitely uh sort of an artier art house yeah. film um out of all of his his catalog but so when i when the film first started i thought okay this is the one this is what's going to like propel him to that master class where he's just like I'm going to make the film that I want to make. And that's not to say that he's not already doing that mm-hmm. with all of his other films, but they coincidentally come out to be these blockbuster hits yeah. where they sort of appeal to a wider audience. Um, and I didn't... When... Okay, this is going to sound really bad, but all the patriotic stuff, mm-hmm. I didn't really care for. The, uh, I mean, it's sad when George died, 
Uh, but the newspaper article that oh yeah that, I, that is one of the things that I think was a little bit too much. I thought it was pandering to the audience to try yeah. and get some tears right. Uh, I, I didn't care for that. And there were other parts um, where it's kind of a similar thing where it's like okay yeah we we got evacuated but we're still like we're still Britain and like that it's absolutely true to to history. I did a bunch of research after this and like without that evacuation they probably would have like. The whole oh yeah, the whole thing would have fallen. Destroyed yeah. them, yeah. Uh, and we weren't in the war at that time. Yeah, right? so like, I, I absolutely get it, but it, I felt it was just a little too on the head. Mm-hmm. Where there were times where I was like, okay, especially with that newspaper article, I was like, okay, like hero of Dunkirk, I get it. Like you're you're trying to 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 make this kid because you know he wanted to come along and like et cetera et cetera, yeah. but just to put that in there. I don't think was necessary, yeah. and th- th- that's really o- probably the only criticism that I'll have. Yeah. It's just like this pandering to like, and, I, and you're to, not to make I've, a heartfelt. I've feeling. read that as well. I've oh, read that people have that. Oh, okay. Yeah, that feel that same way about that. Even that specific thing, they, oh, that they feel good. kind of similarly about uh, Churchill's. Like, even though he's, it's not like him speaking in it or whatever. It's it's the main character reading it, uh, but like his words being being like, the last words of the film, yeah. like, they thought that that was a little bit too, like, on the nose. Which is fair. I mean, he's, like, the focal point of that entire Britain's time in the war. Basically. Yeah, he just got started. I will... I am interested in what you said about Nolan being, like, kind of a blockbuster director, and I think that he's kind of gotten that feel since, really, The Dark Knight. Because Batman Begins is still, like, a blockbustery movie, but his also his superhero but only movies, because it's a, it has Batman. In yeah, it. his superhero movies are very much like the least blockbustery block like superhero. They're not movies. superhero movies. Yeah, I, I mean, I've they're never felt just, that they were. They're dramas. Yeah. yeah, and everything before that. So it's interesting to me because one, Christopher Nolan has always done what Christopher Nolan has wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. and he. It just so happens that his movies become these big things. It's like kind of coincidental, right? Uh, but like in Insom- that's what I said, yeah. Yeah, it like Memento and Insomnia. Yeah, his like, earlier work. Yeah, so like those aren't. He's never really like been that, and I've always thought that Christopher Nolan is in that masterclass level already. Is he the same? He's a different director than Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. So like, a lot of people compared this to like There Will Be Blood. Um, which not for like the actual scope of it, but like maybe like the actual like grandeur time of when you're yeah. making a film. But at the same oh, yeah. time, career in, point. Yeah, kind oh, of. Yeah. Okay. Um. I mean, it's it's weird. I I want to like defend him. Yeah. So I I mean I think again we talk about Nolan being very deliberate, and I think you're. Sort of close, Nate, when you say that he a lot of his stuff is more focused on blockbuster. But I really think that what Nolan's goal is, Nolan has a vision of delivering quality, great filmmaking yeah. to a wide audience. I think this is one of the reasons why you see most, if not all, of his movies never have a rating higher than a PG thirteen. Yeah, um, he could have easily gotten an R rating for this movie. But he didn't. It's got a it's got a PG thirteen rating, and 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 I I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but mm-hmm. I feel like he has a very deliberate intention with special effects, 
and with a lack, a general lack of gore and stuff yeah. like that to keep it accessible to general audiences. But what I think, I kind of see Nolan as the arbiter of good filmmaking to the general populace. Yeah, especially he's like the in new the states. Steven Spielberg. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. He and and I would I would I would put him. I I, I totally agree with your yeah. comparison, but I would I would put him much higher than that. Yeah, I agree. Um, but. And so, I mean, I think you're right. He he has this this streak and tendency of making sort of blockbuster films, but there is nothing in the, in the market that is even remotely close to the quality that he makes that can be considered like some yeah. blockbuster. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, I I like I I don't know. That doesn't. I want Christopher Nolan making movies for wide consumption. Yeah. Because I think he just he he knows what he's doing and he's doing he's he, he it's it it makes everyone's appreciation of film better. Yeah, and it should be said that it should be said that I'm not I'm not knocking on Christopher. No, I, know. I think yeah, I, know. I think being a director who consistently puts out quote unquote blockbusters is totally fine mm-hmm. as long as they're at the level that he's at. Sure, but. What like I said, what I was hoping with because I've been on board with Christopher Nolan since Insomnia. Sure. But what I was hoping was that this would be the film uh, that would because there there's a difference between a blockbuster uh, director, even a quality blockbuster director, versus in an auteur. right? Yeah, yeah, versus yeah. a ma- I I use the term masterclass. I don't even remember where that came from. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if that's even a term, it uh, is a term. Okay. I mean, it's not like I mean, I've heard it was chef. It's like an art. It's like an artistic kind of like connoisseur yeah. he's an iconoclad yeah iconoclad yeah. Is right. yeah so yeah so to be this masterclass this iconoclad uh, director I, and I thought at the beginning because really within the first uh, like 20 minutes or so I was on board like I said the, the framing with like the I don't know what they were flagpoles or something that were on the on the beach mm-hmm. uh, that sort of framed the four flagpoles yeah, that yeah. sort of framed everything and how we kept going back to that shot I thought that was beautiful um, and I was like okay here we go finally like this name this this house uh, this name brand not name brand this uh, household name household director. name director is doing something uh, that I can be like okay that's that's the master See, that's yeah, uh, this is an interesting... There will be blood. Yeah, this is an interesting thing. So, I would not say that Paul Thomas Anderson is a household name. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You Wait. You no, no, no. Oh, I, oh, no, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christopher Nolan is a household name. Do you consider people to, that are household names to be blockbuster directors? Or do you consider, like, can that you be both? Is Which one's Quentin Tarantino to you? So, he would be... He would be both. Uh, okay. You, you mentioned um, uh, Steven Spielberg, absolutely a household name. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, hasn't done anything worth note in a long time. Quentin Tarantino, you know, I'm a Quentin Tarantino fan, and this is without bias. I do see him. I, I think Paul Thomas Anderson and even now uh, uh, Christopher Nolan are starting to become higher class than yeah. Quentin Tarantino, but th- those are kind of hard to compare. Uh, it would be more appropriate to, to compare Nolan and Paul Thomas Anderson than Quentin Tarantino and any of those guys. I don't know if you would agree, uh, but in the the grand yeah. the grand scheme of it, I, I do see Quentin Tarantino as a household name, but also as 
blockbuster director. No, 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 because those are kind of the same thing. Household names. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And, and like, yeah, and sort of an artistic, class, like, not not masterclass, but sort of this artistic. Yeah, like, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. Like art house director. Um, okay, but what are some? I mean, that's just like curious to me because I think that like you can be a little bit of both. Sure. Uh, I think it's and I think opinion. to be one or the other, you kind of like you have to show proficiencies and like the ability to create. I mean, that's not one hundred percent true. Michael Bay, I wouldn't consider is like an artistic director, but at the same time, he got to where he was for focusing on his like specific artistic style. Yeah, moments yeah. like things that he loves to yeah. do and that works and is eye catching. And we're getting far away yeah, from yeah, like, so the actual I, movie. I just want to sort of to kind of bring it back more specifically to Dunkirk. I want to push back just a little bit on the patriotic thing. I think one of the things that you got to remember about this movie um, is it's very British, and yeah. and Dunkirk has a spot in the psyche of Britons um, the way like. Pearl Harbor probably has in the American psyche or you know some other sort of you know the sort of like military catastrophic type events in our history Dunkirk is that yeah. for the, it's the quintessential one for them I mean yeah. it was do or die if that you know like we were mentioning earlier if that force collapsed if they lost that force yeah. that was it I mean there wasn't going to be much they could do um, you know to avoid to, to defend the, the island. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... I mean, I was... Personally, I was all good with some of the more patriotic stuff. And and I I really loved having that character read the Churchill speech. Mm-hmm. I loved also that the... I think one of the last lines of the movie is the last line of the Churchill speech where he talks about the old world imploring the new mm-hmm. to come to its rescue. Um, and it's just like a nice leaving off point, um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. I think it's really important to keep that that context of it being a very very British yeah. thing because I think I would be curious to know how like a lot of Britons felt about that kind of content yeah. in that movie. Yeah, um, because I, to me, it was like refreshing to see as an American that's used to seeing these American war films and like American television shows mm-hmm. where like. It's like our patriotism about America and it being so unique and the saviors of the world is like rammed into our heads a lot Mm -hmm. to where it feels like too much sometimes. Yeah. But viewing it as a different country, doing the same kind of thing is way more interesting to me than it was, you know, for me to watch like an American version of Mm -hmm. it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I feel like I definitely like separated it and took it more as like a a different feeling yeah. for me. And so that didn't bother me at all. Like when sometimes maybe it that overt patriotism does bother me just because it's so overused. Yeah. This time it didn't bother me. See, uh, and I think uh to counter that the patriotism uh that we call it, that we're calling it is is something that is not I mean, I, because I totally understand that this was, you know, I understand the situation of, you know, this was, this was their mm-hmm. war essentially yeah, yeah. at this point, right? Um, and this is their Pearl Harbor, as you yeah, said, it's their survival, yeah. right, right. Uh, so I understand the patriotism, but the patriotism 
I, I just felt was overdone and it was too on the head, too, uh, too on the nose, and it can translate to really anywhere. Like the the, the scene where they're back and that guy's handing out uh, blankets. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get into the, the train and what's... Harry Styles. Harry Styles uh, <laughs> is like, oh, the guy wouldn't even look at us. Like, even that line kind of ruined it for me. Because, like, huh. I, I, I just didn't need to be told... Because he's visibly upset, right? I, by the way, and I, I want to touch on the uh, the amateur actors of this. Yeah, and maybe we'll sure. touch on it after. But because uh, I thought he did a phenomenal job, and uh, he's from from One Direction. One Direction yeah. Um, so I, I just don't think that we needed that. I, like of all the things, like you said, we did, we didn't need the exposition. We didn't need to be told this. We didn't need to be told that. I don't think we needed to be told that either. Hmm. And it would have just propelled it to a much better film and overall a much better uh, experience and would have propelled Christopher Nolan to a better filmmaker, in my eyes, mm. if we weren't hit that on the head with that. Mm. But that's... I mean, that's a fair... That's a fair point. Yeah, it's a fair argument. I, I, yeah, I, I just... I think, it, I think it really kind of brought it home in a really great way. I, I, yeah. I really appreciated that... Because, you know, I, I don't know, it, it was, I think it was playing um, off of the sort of traditional, like, these kids, exp- these kids are, like, they've gone off to war and they they have an understanding that they have a duty to do something right. that deserves celebration when they return, and they've just basically retreated the whole time. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it was important to give that sort of redemption to those characters, sure. and and to to illustrate really that that Britain was just so happy that that they were all alive. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. But so uh, to go back, um, I think we we touched on that a fair amount. Uh, to go back to the amateur actors, I was reading an article um, that Christopher Nolan specifically went with amateur actors, like the main character. Uh, yeah, Fion, Fion Whitehead. Whitehead. I, yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but uh, he went with amateur actors specifically to to sort of depict the age of the soldiers at the time and to yeah. to subconsciously get it in your head that they are uh, to get it subconsciously in your head that they are that the soldiers at the time were young and inexperienced. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know how you guys felt about that. I thought I, it was refreshing. I loved that yeah, I thought it was super it. I mean, refreshing. I really, again, we talked about earlier how really the only two familiar faces are Branna and Hardy. Um, yeah. I, I read something, too, about how... Oh, Nolan, and Mark Rylance is the... It, oh, is yeah. the oh, right, right, right. right. I, I read something, too, that Nolan didn't know that Harry Styles was in One Direction. Yeah. yeah he um, said he didn't know like, much yeah, about him. Yeah, when he cast him, which is phenomenal. And I didn't actually put it together until after... Um, the episode, or sorry, after the uh, the 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 film. Oh, that it was Harry like Styles. I didn't realize, and I, I after See, for we some came people, out, I was like, that guy looked super. Some familiar. people, it, it ruined it for them. Uh, like, oh, what's his name from Game of Thrones? Oh, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, like Ed yeah, Sheeran. Yeah, yeah. Like they kind of like took it the same way, and it, like it just completely pulled them out. I didn't really like feel that way uh, because I knew going in that he was the only person. Because I, I, I didn't know Kenneth Branagh was in it. I 
I didn't know anybody else was in it, but for some reason, like I told my dad when I was going to go see it that I hadn't, I didn't know anything about the film. All I knew is that it was about Dunkirk and that Harry Styles was in it. Right. And so going in, I knew that he was in it. Uh, it didn't take me out of anything because I was prepared for it. I also knew that Chris, you know, the reason I knew is because I saw an article about Christopher Nolan saying that he didn't know who Harry Styles was. Uh, and so I was like, okay. So I kind of like had that, that backstory with it. No, they the the whole young, inexperienced, unknown amateur actors. I thought it was great. I like it when when directors tend to do that. I also like it when directors reuse actors. It's a very like washed up actors. (laughs) No, you mean like muses? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a very like it's a very um, Akira Kurosawa, Toshiro Mifune kind of thing to do to just use the same people all the time in. Nolan is an actor that does that. Yeah. Um, so, like, he's used, uh, like, he reused Christian Bale. Right. And then, like, Tom, Tom Hardy's Hardy been, like, almost everything. Yeah. He's done Michael Caine's in his, uh, He does Michael the voice and uh, all of his stuff, yeah. He does the voice of the, uh, for the uh, Spitfires, uh, just right at the beginning. What, really? Oh, yeah. what? Oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's amazing. He loves, trivia. Yeah, he yeah, loves Yeah, he Caine. uses him all the time. Also, Michael Caine is like a kind of a washed up actor before he got started on the Nolan train. Mm, yeah. Yeah. yeah, just like an aside, he wasn't like washed up, but he yeah, had to yeah, take like all of these like random people roles. kind of forgotten. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, well, I'm, I mean, I think we're maybe you know we're kind of getting long here on this episode. Are you? Would you guys be interested in maybe extending this to second episode? I can do that, yeah. I, mean, I think it'd be a good we have a lot idea. more to discuss. We've been building it up, up for it so long, I have a ton more to say. We haven't even gotten to like our trailer avoidance and anything yeah, like that. Yeah, soundtrack. So the soundtrack, soundtrack stuff. is huge. So, yeah. so I guess what we'll do is we'll kind of pause the conversation here, and then we'll come back to it on next week's episode. Yeah, yeah that cool. sounds great. Awesome. Um, well, yeah, in the meantime, if you've gotten this far somehow with, uh, even though, because we forgot to do a spoilers at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Stop a, it's and a, go watch it. Yeah, it's a ghost to the movies, so, uh, yeah, series, yeah. so it, it's, it's implied. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's implied. Um, but yeah, so next week we'll pick it up again, so tune back in for that. Um, starting to close us out here, we actually got some feedback for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so delicious, delicious feedback. Delicious feedback. Live off of Kelly it. emailed us and she says, Hey dudes. So I was listening to the podcast on my computer and had Spotify up at the same time. I clicked the play button on my computer. Then something amazing happened. Both Spotify and the podcast started playing at the same time. The combo of Chopin from Spotify and the podcast episode 26, where you guys were uh, glugging your wine was magical. Gotta say the classical music was a nice compliment to your show. Also, pouring the wine right next to the mic was a nice touch. It really accentuated the glug with two G's. Three G's, I guess. <coughs> also, 55 Carbs and Michelob Ultra Lime Cactus? That's madness. Anyway, love the show and love what y'all cactus. are doing, Kelly. So thanks for sending that out. And uh, if you want to send us feedback too, you can send that to writerdieblog at gmail.com. Um, Nate, do you have anything you want to let people know about this week? Uh, not this week. Thank you so much, Patron Kelly, for the <laughs> feedback. We love it. Cool. Yeah. Chris, yeah. anything? I don't have anything. Stay stay tuned for more Dunkirk, Dunkirk. stuff. Yes. Yeah. That's what we have to promote. Yeah, next promote next week's yeah. episode. Yeah. We're going to have Dunkirk. we got a lot more to say, it sounds like. John Dunkirk. We're chomping <laughs> at the bit. 
Um, this morning I posted um, a piece on Multimeter at Ride or Die. Uh, it was a sort of reaction piece to um, Donald Trump's recent speech at the Boy Scout National Jamboree. If For anybody that doesn't know, I'm a lifelong member of the Boy Scouts of America, so I had some pretty intense opinions about that. So you can check that out at riderdie.net slash multimeter, and you can find everything that we do at riderdie.net. Uh, again, you can email us at riderdieblog at gmail.com, and you can find us on social media. Search for Rider Die, Rider Die Blog, or Rider Die Productions. Uh, bye. That's bye. it. I, I did read that. It is good. Thank you. Go ahead on that. <laughs>